The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gabby and welcome back to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, which is a food website. I'm a best-selling author. I have a line of products at William Sonoma. And now I'm a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food-related questions. Literally anything goes. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and more. Plus, every episode, I'm going to be highlighting a super cool company that's delivering nationwide so we can all get things delivered to our house like tortillas or avocados, flour, or whatever else is hard to come by since we're limiting our time at the grocery store. So without further ado, this is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. I think this is episode number five, and I have really just started thriving with this podcast kit at home. I like walk around the house with a mic and make Thomas talk into it. Just kidding. But <laughs> this has been so much fun to hear all your questions. I hope everyone's doing well. I feel like we are really getting into the swing of things in terms of working from home and getting outside and getting a little bit of fresh air every day. I've been trying to like move my body for 20, 30 minutes a day. And the Zoom dinner party happy hour calls are are aggressive. Like <laughs> I feel like I've actually been more social with people than I was before quarantine. Anyways, lots of good questions coming your way today. Let's get into it. Hey, Gabby, it's Morgan Spiker from Sacramento, California. And I want to know, what should we be snacking on in quarantine? I would love all your healthy and not so healthy ideas. Thanks. Hi, Morgan. Thanks for calling in. Healthy snack ideas. I mean, this is a hot topic. I have been snacking. I mean, the first couple weeks of quarantine, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I was snacking an aggressive amount and then I just wasn't hungry for dinner. So I've tried to cut back on my snacking to like two times a day rather than five times a day. But what we've been snacking on, I have, I, I do have a lot of chickpeas and some tahini. So I've been making a lot of hummus. We have been making... They're not even cheese boards. I'm not even going to call it a cheese board. I just have like a couple blocks of cheese in my fridge. And so I'll cube up some of my like favorite Colby Jack. Do you guys remember, like, were you ever kids and your parents would buy you the Costco size Colby Jack blocks that were probably two pounds or something? I just remember like slicing a block of cheese off of that thing and gnawing on it. I've resorted to that. Last week, I had some cucumbers that came in my CSA box and I turned those into spicy pickles. What else have we been snacking on? Thomas is not here today. He is very busy building our culinary school hub for what's Gobby cooking. So he can't chime in. Oh, I know olives. I have a lot of olives in my pantry. And so every couple days I will make that olive recipe for my cookbook, for my second cookbook. And it's basically just lemon zest, orange zest, some red pepper flakes, salt and pepper that I heat up in a little bit of olive oil and then throw any kind of olives into it. You could do Castle Vetrano, you could do black olives, any variety of green olives, and I'll have a handful every day. So I mean, by handful, I mean like 20 olives. Let's be realistic. But I feel like my hair and my skin are going to be glowing by the end of this quarantine. So we're going for it. 
So yeah, those are probably my most frequently made snacks. There's also some slutty brownies in my freezer that I have cut up into. This is actually a great tip. If you guys make some bars or cookies or anything like that, at least for the bars, I've cut them into like one inch by one inch cubes and like stored them in a snapware container in the freezer. And I can just pop one out every time a sweet tooth strikes. That way I don't eat the entire container in one day. But I would love to hear more snack ideas from you guys. I feel like that's a great blog post that we need to do in the very near future. But thanks for your question, Morgan. Who's next? Hi, this is your sister. Um, I am just trying to figure out what in the world I do with all this rice that I have in my pantry. So if you could help, that'd be great. Hi, Anya. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, that was my younger sister, Anya. She lives in Seattle and she's not a cook. I mean, let's be real. No one in my family loves to cook except for my Omi and my Papa who passed away. But I feel like he and my Omi like gave me all of their love for cooking. But I don't think anyone else in my family loves cooking except my dad loves to bake bread and cookies. But the fact that Anya called to ask about rice is giving me life. So here's the deal. I have probably like anywhere from a half a cup to a full cup of various different rices in like various different varieties of rice in my pantry. I've got everything from jasmine rice to like wild black rice to brown rice. Sky's the limit. I've got green rice in there, I'm sure. Like, I don't even know. I think rice is great for pretty much everything. The first thing that would come to mind is making a fried rice. Like if you boil off or put some rice in a rice cooker, an instant pot, and you have a lot of leftover, pop it in a snapware Tupperware container and leave it in your fridge and then take out a cup or two the next day and make fried rice. And fried rice is a great way to use up whatever else is in your fridge. So throw in some frozen veggies, some fresh veggies. You can add a scrambled egg. You can season it with soy sauce, sesame oil, sriracha, sambal. You A lot of the like Asian pantry staples that are usually in your pantry or your fridge are great for fried rice, like to start using them up. You could bulk it up with a little leftover chicken or beef. If you have bacon, bacon fried rice is incredible. We actually just put a recipe on what's got to be cooking for that. It's amazing. I'll link it in the notes for this. That would be my first way of using rice. Besides that, you could use rice to put in a soup and bulk it up like a chicken noodle soup or something. And instead of noodles, you do rice. You could uh, fold the rice in with some salsa and some cheese and some beans and make stuffed peppers. You could make breakfast burritos and do like rice and potatoes and salsa and cheese and some scrambled eggs, wrap them up in tin foil and actually freeze them. That way you can access a breakfast burrito every time you're hungry. So those would be my go-to ways of using rice. You could also make like little rice cakes if you wanted to, like just take some old rice and smash it together basically and pan fry it on both sides and a little bit of olive oil or sesame oil or something. Kind of like, you know, when you go to sushi restaurants and you get the crispy tuna fried rice. I think that's what it's called, Um, like that. And then you could put maybe a little dollop of sriracha on it. So you have like a little little bite that feels not normal. Like maybe you're at a restaurant eating it, but you're not because we're in quarantine. (laughs) But rice is one of those things that's so versatile. You can use it on pretty much everything. You could use it and you could make a rice bowl, toss it with some vinaigrettes or something. Sky's the limit, kind of. I think we should all be making rice once a week and then using it on different applications. But thanks for calling, Anya. I really appreciate you. 
Hi, Gabby. This is Margot from Indianapolis, Indiana. And I am so excited that your cookbook is coming on April 28th. And I was wondering if um, there's like a top three recipes in there and what the ingredients might be so that we could pre-shop um, for when the book drops or get our hands on some of these ingredients. Um, I know in quarantine, it's been hard to get some ingredients. So if we had a little like heads up, that would be awesome. Again, can't wait for the cookbook and um, loving the podcast. Thanks. Hi, Margo. I'm so impressed that you know what day the book comes out on. I am so over the moon excited to get this book in everyone's hands. I am also very bummed that I'm not going to be on book tour the weeks it launched, but such is life. And we will reschedule the book tour as soon as we are out of quarantine. But let's talk about the book just a little bit. First of all, there's nothing in the book that's going to be like crazy hard to find in like regular life. Like the book doesn't call for any weird ingredients or anything like that. So you don't need to stock up on anything crazy. It's kind of there's a lot of vegetables in it. There's a lot of pasta. There's a whole section dedicated to carbs. Obviously, that's very on brand for me. So I don't have three favorite recipes off the top of my head, but I do think what would be cool is if we posted what we were going to make for Insta Live ahead of time, and then we can all cook together. Or maybe we do like some cool Zoom calls and people can call in and we can all cook one recipe together once a week or something like that. Maybe we should do something like that. But off the top of my head, favorite recipes... The pork meatball banh mi rice bowls are pretty phenomenal. There's one of the recipes in there for like a shortcut mole nacho. That's ridiculously good. The I have a new recipe for chocolate chip cookies in the dessert chapter. Pizza, I mean, there's too many. There's too many for me to even pick my favorite, but just know that yes, we will absolutely cook together and I will post ingredients ahead of time so we can do, it's basically like a virtual cookbook tour, right? We're going to work on this, but yes, it's coming. Don't you worry. Hi, Gabby. My name is Heather from Mobile, Kentucky. First off, love you. Um, I'm pretty sure we would be best friends if I knew each, if we knew each other in person. Um, I just listened to your first two episodes and they were so great. But my question is a little bit different. I want to know all about being a personal chef for Jessica Simpson. I've always thought that is the coolest thing in the entire world about your story. And just did you make all three meals for them every day? Did you do the grocery shopping? Did you do the menu planning? Like, I need all of the details. How cool was that? How much fun? And did you enjoy being a private chef for a little bit in your career? Thanks so much. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hi, Heather. Thank you for calling in. And B, love that question. Totally not quarantine related, but like, let's get into it because I feel like we all need a little escape in our lives right now, right? So I was a private chef for two families back in my back in my younger days. One was a family of six out in Malibu and one was Jess and her family. I cooked for Jess when it was just her and Eric. And then she got pregnant with Max right before I left, had Maxwell. And then I came out with my first cookbook. So that was, I don't even know, seven years ago. I absolutely love her. She is one of the most incredible people on the entire planet. Truly the kindest soul takes such good care of her family and her friends and her team. It's really amazing to watch. And I feel like it was so cool seeing her do her thing back in the day, because I feel like it gave me a lot of 
you know, confidence and ideas about how I wanted to run my business because she was such a boss about it. The day in the life of a private chef, I mean, for Jess, what I would do is wake up every morning. Well, I guess we should start at the beginning. Yes, I menu plan all the things. So like, Every day before I would go over there the next morning, I would send a proposed menu basically of what we were going to make for breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner. And they would let me know if there were going to be however many people there, if they were going to have a party for dinner, whatever it was. And then every morning I would wake up. This was back in the days when I would go to Barry's boot camp. So I would go to Barry's boot camp at 6 a.m., go home, shower, head to the grocery store, shop for whatever sort of food I needed, and then head over to her house in time to make... You know, breakfast was never very complicated. It was always very simple. And then after breakfast, we would get ready for the day. So I would make a snack, probably keep it in the fridge, make lunch. Everybody would sit down and have lunch together. And then I would make dinner around one or two, pop dinner in the fridge and leave. And then everybody would kind of be on their own for heating dinner up however they would want to. I feel like it was nice for me to get out of the house so people could have, they could have their alone time. Would I do it again for Jess? Yes, (laughs) she was amazing. I mean, being a private chef is incredible. It's really hard on your body. So I've done it a few times for her for like random game days and stuff since I since I basically retired. When I get home, I'm like, oh my God, it's like working in a restaurant. You're on your feet all day. And that sounds silly, but like it is a lot of manual labor, but I loved it. And her and her family are so special and so supportive. And I have nothing but incredible things to say about all of them. I love them all very dearly. That was a really fun time in my life. So I think I answered all of your questions. That was a good one. I like that one. All right, that's it for questions today. Let's talk about a really cool small company that's doing awesome things. By the way, you guys, we sold out of the flower on whatever episode we talked about flower in. I called the tortilla company in Tucson. They were like so overwhelmed with orders. It was incredible. They were crying on the phone when I talked to them. It was magical. It wasn't magical that they were crying. It was magical that they were so happy. But Thank you guys for supporting these small companies. I feel like we're all trying to do our best to support everyone. So you rock. Today, I want to talk about wine because (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but my wine consumption is up. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) And so there's a super cool company called Helen's Wines. They're based here in LA. It's amazing wine that you you can get every price point. Thomas is obsessed with them. As you guys know, Thomas is like a total wine aficionado. It's like what he's taken up in it. My dad's a bread baker and now my husband's trying to be a psalm. So I guess I'm like food is just like imprinting on my family or something. But Helen'sWines.com is amazing. You can shop for all sorts of different things. It's also great for gifting. Like if, if you have a friend whose birthday is during quarantine and you're having Zoom birthday calls and it's not as fun as a, as a normal birthday, this would be a great place to go look for a gift. It's just amazing. And her wines are phenomenal. So check them out. Helenswines.com. You will thank me later. I promise. All right. That's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. Be sure to tune in Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for the foreseeable future, at least until quarantine is over. Who knows what will happen after that? If you have any questions you want answered, give me a call at one 888 338 
888-448-4429 and just leave me a voicemail with whatever you want to talk about. Or if you have a cool small company that you want featured or deserves to be highlighted, leave it in the voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with me on Instagram, Twitter, whatever your platform of choice is. My handle is at What's Gobby Cooking. And for all the recipes we talked about, plus more, check out whatscobbycooking.com. And I will talk to you guys very soon. Thank you.